This episode is sponsored by Rulin Group. There are four gifts I've received over the years that really stood out, and the common link between all of them is each one was sourced through the Ruling Group. If you want to deliver amazing gifts that capture people's attention, go to GiversEdge.com to learn more. Welcome to the Grow My Revenue Business Cast with Ian Altman unconventional strategies for selling, innovation, and leadership. Ian interviews some of the brightest minds who share proven methods to help you achieve success and grow revenue with integrity. Every episode concludes with a quick recap of actionable steps you can take to deliver tangible, immediate results for your business. Now, here's your host, Ian Altman. This week, my guest is Colin Egan. Colin's a guy whose business, eGroup, has been on the Inc. 5000 for the last few years, and they've more than doubled their business in a three-year period. I'm gonna ask him, what are the key items that they focus on that help drive their success? How do they ensure that all of their employees, customers, and vendors are fully engaged in their business? And what's their key to focusing on value versus price in a highly competitive marketplace? You're gonna learn a ton from Colin Egan. So, Colin, welcome to the program. Thank you, Ian. I'm happy to be here. So, you built this great company. Take us back to kind of the early days of how you started and how you got to where you are today. Uh, I started uh, in sales as a manufacturer's rep for a company that was making plaques and trophies and awards for business and industry. And it was a straight commission job right out of college. And I, it was a very positive business, really liked it. And here I am 33 years later doing kind of the same thing, but just in a more technical way and advanced way and serving our clients' needs. Yep. So take, take me to those early days and what it was like selling in that environment. And if you think about it, 33 years ago, people weren't finding things online. There was no Google. What's different today than when you started out? So 1983, uh, we did not even have fax machines, so communications was much slower. Um, You know, the expectations on the part of the client weren't what they are today. Uh, Expectations of the client, they want real-time answers on information that they need to make a decision or or, uh, identify problems, etc., uh, what's different and what's the same? I, I, I feel like in today's world, people don't have time. How many times do, does your audience think about answer the phone when, when, when the phone rings? They probably let it go to voicemail and decide when they're going to return that call, if they return that call. Um, so so it's, it's, it's more difficult. Uh, we find that our salespeople have more difficulty connecting with people over the phone unless it's scheduled. Uh, the client knows the business before, on a new prospect, uh, the client knows the business before you even talk to them. They've done their research online. If, they, if they're willing to talk to you, they, they, know, they know what you do. They, what they're trying to find out is how you can help them specifically and how you can make your solution fit their business needs. I think the one thing that um, we've gone back and forth on is 
what is the importance of relationship? Back in 1980, in, through the 80s, relationship was everything. Um, as we fast forward into 2016, I believe that relationship is just as important or more important. Because if you think about what relationship is, it's all about trust. So people are going to trust brands, and they're going to trust the people that they work with. So it's important that we build relationships, and let's not sidestep the fact that even in the internet age, relationships are critical, those personal relationships, and relationships to me equal trust. Yeah, and, and I think it's a great point that you say because a lot of times people confuse relationships with the person you want to hang out, have a beverage with, and backslapping people, which often has nothing to do with trust. So what was different if you think back to the early days of selling versus now? So your early days of selling versus today, when it came to those relationships and trust, what's different and what's the same? Well, what's different, as I mentioned, the client knows what you know, what, what the marketplace looks like. There, you know, it used to be that we had all the information as sales, as a sales team, as, uh, uh, as a, a provider of solutions, and we gave them the information that we felt, thought that they should know. Today, they know all of that information, and again, what we're trying to do is fit what we do to make their business better or solve their business problem. Yeah, and, and a lot of it is the transparency that I think a lot of times old school people in sales would withhold information. Well, the client, you know, that's not to my uh, my advantage for them to know that, so I'm not, I'm not going to share it with them. And the reality is that the client's going to find that out anyhow, and it's better that they hear it from you than they find out about something on their own. So let's let's talk a little bit about your growth as a business, because you guys have now spent multiple years on Inc.'s list of the fastest growing companies. And so over the last several years, you guys have more than doubled the company, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, and that's no small task. And if you're comfortable sharing, I mean, what size did you grow from and to? I mean, what's the size of the business today? So I left the Fortune 500 company back in 2000. Yep. Um, We've been, we've been at this now for, we're in our uh, 16th year. The company has gone from zero yep. to, uh, in 2015, we finished uh, over $25 million in sales. Um, the interesting thing about our company is that there's no debt on the company, um, and we were able to attain that sales level with less than 30 people. Yeah. And that's and that's remarkable. I mean, when you're when you're talking about producing over a million dollars in revenue per person, um, that's a that's quite a quite a healthy um, benchmark that most people can't attain. So, what are some of the keys in your business that have allowed you to grow that quickly? What are some of the things that you've done in recent years to adapt? I mean, did you all, have you always grown at that pace? No, I think uh, what we've done is. Um, uh, a couple of things. Number one, we've leveraged technology to achieve operational efficiencies. Um, so we have a paperless environment here, uh, very transparent environment. People have the tools to do their job. We spend a lot of time training them on our systems, and so they're highly efficient. Um, back in the old days, the sales reps were uh, were expected to do everything from 
identify the client, to service them on all of their needs and everywhere in between. Today, we support sales and we let, we, we, we're always talking to our uh, lead develop, uh, sales development people about what I call MIDE. Mine it, install it, defend it, and expand it. Don't, it. don't get into the details. The, our, our sales teams have, they're, they're truly sales teams. They have account managers and client service coordinators and media services to help them get their job done. We want them focused on building those relationships, understanding client problems, and helping solve those problems. And when it gets to the detail, they've got a team to help them do that. Yeah. And so obviously that changes. Now, in terms of as you're growing, do you see that as a business, you just keep pursuing more and more opportunities, or are you growing and actually pursuing the same or fewer opportunities? So we have a very systematic approach on the, the new opportunities that we go after. But a lot of our growth comes from existing clients. And we put a lot of emphasis on that because it's a whole lot easier to expand within an existing client than it is to acquire a new client. Yep. A new client. In some of the solutions that, we, that we're selling, it's a, it's a, a 12 to 18 month sales cycle. But an expansion can happen in two or three months. Yeah. So, um, so obviously, we want to balance that. We want to bring on new clients. But we want to do that carefully, strategically, with a process. We call it a blueprint process in identifying those, those clients, um, communicating with them, um, helping them understand how we might be able to help solve their problems, and then onboarding them and so forth. Yeah, that's great. And then, and then making it so that early on, they're thrilled with you. So I know, I know there are a few things that, that you implement. One, I know that you spend a lot of time with your clients focusing on the results they're trying to achieve, not just trying to sell things. And also, there's an approach you take um, from uh, with some work you've done with Joey Coleman to make it so in those first 100 days, Everybody, whether it's a customer or an employee or even in some cases some other parties, you make sure they're engaged. So talk us through a little bit about what you do in the sales process and then what you do when those customers come on board to make it so they're just predisposed to do more and more business with you. In a small business, and we are a small business, um, 30 people, um, $25 million in sales. We're certainly not a, a large business. But... Um, I, I, I use the analogy in a, uh, in a um, we're kind of like a football team. Um, in high school, you've got people that play uh, both ways and special teams on the, uh, on the football team. When you move to college, you're generally playing offense or defense. Uh, and then when you go to the pros, you specialize. You may, have, uh, you may be a third down back, and that's what you do. It's kind of the same in business. Um, if you... If, 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 it's no one's job unless it's someone's job. So we actually have a position called director of, of customer engagement. And we look at the customer as being three people. Uh, the customer is um, our end client. Our customer really is our employees. So how do we onboard them and, and engage them? And, and truthfully, our customer is our uh, suppliers or, or 
partners and how do we make sure that we're dealing with them in a, in a way that, uh, that is of high integrity and keeps them engaged, interested in us as we are interested in them. Yep. So many businesses take the approach of the finish line in this buyer-seller interaction for them is the sale. And I think all businesses that achieve extraordinary success realize that that's often the starting point, not the end point. So the sale is a step, but the client never sees the finish line as the sale. They see it as the results. What do you do in both the sales process and then in that engagement process to ensure that the client sees that you're on the same page with them about their results? I think it's really right up front from the very uh, from the very beginning, and, and Ian, I know your listeners have uh, know the um, issue, impact, importance, and results. But we go through that process methodically with existing clients, um, new clients. What is the issue? Um, you know, what what kind of impact can we make on this problem? Um, and, you know, and how important is, is it to you? Is this number one on your list or number 30? So we know what kind of effort and so forth time that we're going to put into this. And then I always say it the same way. What's a high five? If we're sitting here a year from now and we've implemented today, what is a high five where we can all say, hey, let's, have, let's go out, let's go to happy hour, let's enjoy it because we got the results. And identifying that and have the client articulate that is critical, and and so we've got to um, we've got to figure out how we can measure it and how we can continuously update the client on where we are to target or goal. And and how has that? Because I know that's something that you've you've not done since the beginning of time. It's something you started doing in the last few years. How do you see the dialogue with the customer changing when you're the ones bringing up how you're going to measure results and what's a high five moment? I think um, one of the, the critical things that I hear is when we have, we have clients come in and visit us or they introduce us to um, other staff members, and, and I'm thrilled when I hear it. You know, I want to introduce you to our partner, eGroup. I want to introduce you to the company that helped us blank. That is, that's beautiful. When, when the client looks at you as a partner, and someone that's helping them achieve, that's a, a big differentiator. The second thing is, you know, in sales, we always worry about price. Price is, is always an issue. If we can really talk about value, does, is, is price that important? Because we're not always going to be the lowest. No one's always going to be the lowest in, in terms of price. But if we can talk about results and fo- focus on what we're trying to achieve, and then talk about the cost to be able to achieve it. We're not talking about widgets or you know, monthly fees. We're talking about the high five moment and the investment that it's going to take to get there and the fact that we're going to track it every step along the way. Yep. And do you have one or two kind of success stories, like customer success stories in, in here's the kind of problem this customer was facing and what kind of result they saw on the back end of it? Because I think it's important for people, you know, early on you said, well, gee, I, you know, I got my start selling awards and plaques and things like that. And obviously what you do now is help organizations with their engagement. And it might be a distributor who says, you know what, 
People aren't buying as much of our liquor or alcohol, you know, whatever it happens to be. Someone, the, the customer isn't moving it as much. Our distribution channel isn't as excited about our product as there are our competitors. So can you give me one or two success stories so that people can get an idea of how you focus on those results? Sure. Um, I'm going to give you two, one in the uh, sales arena and then one in the... Um in the more of the HR arena. So I'll start with HR. We have a uh, large defense contractor with about 35,000 employees who realized that their key differentiator, they've got a number of, of competitors that do kind of the same thing. A key differentiate, differentiator is people, keeping people and having those people engaged because, you know, in some cases they're billing out hourly, some, you know, uh, some of their, their workforce uh, is known to leave for, you know, an extra uh, $1,000 a month for somebody that's making, you know, over $100,000. So engagement, engagement scores, they spend a lot of money with Gallup to, uh, to find out how engaged their employees are. And, we were able to help them increase their overall engagement scores double digit in just two years. And that's huge because that translates into turnover, re reduction in turnover and better communications with their managers. So double digit engagement, communications improved and and as important, their scores on exiting employees, when an employee was either retired or left the organization um, for one reason or another, went up more than 25%. Wow. So that's a huge, that's a huge win, and that's really what we want to see. We want to see people that, are, that embrace the values of the company, embrace what they're doing, and get behind it, and it, it, it becomes more of a way of life rather than a job. Yeah. And, and, and if I recall, in, in that case, it's it's all about for these people. It's about recognition and acknowledgement and reinforcement and peer recognition and just creating a culture that people kind of appreciate each other. It's all about appreciation. If you if you if you talk to a friend and ask them why they left the job recently, why they switched jobs, it's never it's almost never about the money. It's never about the. Uh, um, it, it seems never to be about the work. Nine out of ten times when I'm just talking to friends, I ask them, why did they leave? They said, you know, the company really didn't appreciate me or I didn't get along with my, with, with my manager. I just, we didn't see eye to eye. And so if we can give managers tools, if we can create a culture where we truly embrace and appreciate people's contributions to the organization and recognize them in a, in a, in a one-to-one -one and even in a, in a social environment, that's awesome. Yeah. When you talk about um, on the sales side, you know, of course, we, we, we develop uh, reward programs for organizations that have either an independent sales channel, distributor channel, uh, their own company sales force. And, you know, people are technical today. They want, you know, gamification, leaderboards, uh, continuous communications, spurt contests on the fly excite people and when we can when we can give our um our clients tools that they can turn those things on and off literally in a matter of uh 30 minutes 
that's exciting. And you know, when people are, are checking their leaderboard, when they're excited about how they're doing against their, uh, against their teammates, how they're doing against their regions, that adds excitement. And by the way, the customer's really not investing any money until they get the results. So um, it's exciting, but we've actually been able to move the needle with a number of uh, organizations, anywhere from floor coverings to uh, industrial oils to um, uh, hospitality uh, sales, double digit, uh, year after year um, with, with the programs that we're running. And, and again, what we're looking at is not just improving sales, but improving profitable sales. We're focusing on the things that are going to really make the uh, needle move on the bottom line. Yeah. And obviously, you know, it's, it, that's something that I think a lot of people overlook also. That people get so focused on the top line, they forget that the bottom line is the part that really matters. Um, if you go to your top line, but not the bottom line, it just means you're doing w more work and making the same money. Absolutely. And, um, you know, our people, our business people, our, 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 our program designers, our, um, our uh, business development managers, their business, uh, their business people, they've been involved with these programs, they've set up these programs, and they understand really where the, uh, where the rubber hits the road. Yeah, that's great. What, uh, talk, talk to me about, because I'm sure everything's not always perfect, what's the biggest challenge that you've run into in your business that you think other people can learn from? Challenges are opportunities, um, but I think you know a, a struggling salesperson can be uh, a challenge. Um, and, I, and I think the way that we the the, the way that we deal with that is um, I, I think it's it's important to give feedback and guidance. You know, if somebody's not performing, if if they're not doing that, the activities that we know that are, are uh, leading to results, activities uh, lead to results, um, then, you know, just a candid conversation, regular communications. People respect what you inspect, and I believe that just being open and honest, and, you know, there, there's people that don't make it, and, and that's just the, the way of life. But when we've had a situation where somebody... Um, uh, didn't make it in the organization, they raised their hand and said, you know what, it, it's just not working for me. But they've, they've known the whole way along, and they've been given the tools, and uh, that doesn't mean we have a lot of turnover, but I think it's a challenge that every sales manager, every principal of a, of a sales-driven company faces is a non-performing uh, sales, sales rep. And, and the key is just continuous communications, guidance, sharing experiences, and feedback, and inspecting that CRM, uh, because if, if, if you're inspecting it, they're respecting it. Yeah, that's great. I love that. I love that. If, uh, if, if you're inspecting it, they're respecting it. I, I like that. Um, the, I know that in, in the past, in, in my business, when I look back, I had underperforming salespeople that I, you know, I, I have a certain, to a certain degree, feel like I can fix just about any sales problem. So, man, I got, you know, there's got to be a way to fix this. And over the years, I've, what I tell people now is, look, if you have A players, B players, and C players, the C players, they're usually not C players because they don't lack the skills or training. They just don't have the initiative and the mindset to get there. 
you can oftentimes take a B player and make him an A player, but very rarely do you turn a C player into an A player. And it's just, you know, there's a, there's a certain level where either people get it and they can have the discipline because sales, let's face it, requires a lot of discipline and structure and being able to deal with rejection and failure in the midst of success. I mean, it's not, it's not necessarily an easy task. What's, what's the one thing, if, if you had one piece of advice for somebody trying to achieve the same level of growth that you have and the same level of success that you have, what's the one thing you would tell people they should do to try and achieve that? I, I don't know that there's one thing, Ian. I think it's being transparent about um, where you are and where you want to go and empowering the people to help you get there. Um, and that's the sale, that's the salesperson, the sales teams. If, 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 if you're looking after every little minutia and detail, um, it's not the way that people, it's not an environment where people perform. Um, I think that's one thing. And, you know, you talked about A, B, and C players. Well, we all have clients that are A, B, and C clients. And, and, and the key is, and, and we define this very clearly, what is a C client, a B client, and an A client? And how do we make a C a B, a B and A, and an A even an A plus? So, I, you know, reviewing those, that client list all the time, you know, um, I'm sure most of your listeners have heard the old the adage, uh, you, you can plan to fail if you fail to plan. Um, so the key is a, a very disciplined planning, sales planning process and how we're going to make C's, B's, B's, A's, and A's, A, A pluses. And so you have both a, an organic from existing client growth plus those targeted new opportunities that might come along from other enterprises. Cool. Well, thanks so much for sharing the story. What I, what I really like to do is make sure that our listeners know how to get in touch with you and how to learn more about eGroup. So what's the best way for them to find you? Um, they can go to www.egroupengage.com. That's egroupengage.com. And if nothing else, you can, you can go there and sign up for our blog. It'll come into your mailbox uh, one or two times a week, and, and there's some real helpful hints and tips on how to engage workforce, engage salespeople, engage the millennial audience that, that, that we're all catering to today in today's workplace. Awesome. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Ian. Always enjoy being with you. Colin shares some great insight about different things you can do to grow your business with integrity. Let me give you a quick 30-second recap of the key things I think you can use and apply to your business. First, I love how we use this idea of MIDE. Mine it, install it, defend it, and expand it in terms of thinking about your existing customers. Second, remember... It's all about having specialized skills and expertise. So for example, in his business, he has a director of customer engagement who focuses on the end client, the employees and vendors and suppliers to make sure everybody's engaged, which you would expect from a company that specializes in engagement. And finally, they start at the beginning focusing on issue, impact and importance and results. And what that means is that they have a defined objective with the client, which allows them to discuss value versus price via results. Remember, this show gets its direction from you, the listeners. If there's a topic you'd like me to cover, if there's a single biggest issue facing your business you want me to talk about, just drop me a note at ian.altman at growmyrevenue.com. 
have an amazing week, add value, and grow revenue in a way everyone can embrace, even your customer. Thank you for joining us each week for the Grow My Revenue Business Cast with Ian Altman. Unconventional strategies for selling, innovation, and leadership. Be sure to subscribe to our program on iTunes or Stitcher. Don't miss Ian's weekly newsletter and be a part of the conversation on growmyrevenue.com and via Twitter at GrowMyRevenue.